Welcome to episode 91 of Coffee with Mirko. It's my pleasure to have you here and I just want to say thank you uh, for being here. Very grateful and uh, it's just always, always mind-boggling uh, to think that we're already on episode 91. Uh, tomorrow we got another great uh, person in coffee and uh, we're just going to keep on coming. Uh, today we go all the way to Western Australia uh, with Ziggy and uh, hello Bianca, hello everybody, Melissa, saludos a Costa Rica. Uh, and yeah, we've gone all the way to uh, Western Australia with Ziggy, so we'll send him through the invite right away so that he gets it. All right. And yeah, uh, if you're new, well, welcome. Uh, this is episode 91. And if you're going to enjoy this, uh, feel free to take a screenshot later on and share it on your stories. Uh, we always like uh, to grow this little community that we are building. And uh, speaking of the devil, Ziggy's in the in the house. So we'll bring him on. And the minute he sends requests, here it is. What up? Hey, what's going on? Ah, I'm good. What's good with you? Nothing much, mate. You know, just uh, living the dream in Perth. How are you, mate? How's um, how's Melbourne going? Oh, hang on. You fast forward. Must be in connection. Um, I think you asked me how's things in uh, World. in Melbourne. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty good. Melbourne. Just uh, yeah. just another day. In lockdown, as they say, but uh, we're making the most of it. <laughs> All right, man, that's insane. Yeah, it's it's okay, man. It's uh, I think very grateful for it. You know, I think yeah. granted health and having the basics. I think mental and physical health, and yeah, yeah. you know, it's okay. Obviously, financial as well. There's people we've gone through of some course. Of course. hardships all the world, but yeah, I think it was a good. I think this year has been a good, almost like a wake-up call for, for, for some, you know, even for myself. And for an interesting, us, for sure. An interesting, hello, someone knocked at the door and it's like, oh, you know, start doing an inner journey. So that, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> but this is about you. <laughs> Ziggy, um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, actually, that was some homework. Your second person from WA, I'm sorry. That's been from right. five senses was uh, yeah I forgot uh, but uh, um, let's start it off. Uh, how are you and your family with this whole situation? And if you can tell us a little bit more about how you started your coffee journey. Yeah. So, well, first question, I guess. Yeah, family's good, man. I have um, I've been sleep. Yada yada yada. Um, and sorry, can you hear me? Now I can. I think it glitched okay, out for a minute, but it's yeah, all good. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and um, I guess in Perth, it's it's pretty much back to normal. We've we've had most community transmissions and kind of like the, everything's kind of go back to normal, except for the hard water, obviously. And you know, like everything's good. Um, yeah, no complaints. I'm really glad that I'm here. Probably lucky to be in this side where you know there isn't any um, COVID-19 present and 
we're pretty much back to normal. Um, and yeah, um, how I started my coffee journey. I, um, I actually became in, involved in the coffee journey uh, by accident. So I've been in hospitality all my life. My parents own restaurants, uh, delis and all that stuff. Uh, and I was working as a dishwasher for one of the coffee chains in Perth. And um, one day, I remember it was a Thursday, um, one of the barista called in sick or just didn't rock up and they chucked me behind the machine, full shots. And from then on, I kind of fell in love with the process, making coffee, interacting with customers, talking about, you know, their day, like talking about coffee and stuff like that. And then I was, I was, I was a barista throughout my uni studies. Um, once I finished my uni studies, I realized that it's not what I want to do. I'm not, I'm not made for uh, kind of like office work. And I decided to pursue coffee full time. And, you know, lo and behold, here I am talking to you, man. And super honored. Thank you so much for having me, man. Now, man, it's, it's my pleasure. I mean, and uh, I guess, I guess what, for the sake of the context, uh, what, what did you study? What, what were you studying at uni? I was, uh, I studied electrical engineering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I finished, I finished that study. I, you know, tried getting work and, you know, did a bit of that. And then just, I just didn't really, you know, really click to me that it wasn't for me. And, you know, when you were young, you just didn't know what to do. You just do what your parents tell you. Yeah. But, but that, well, that, which is actually interesting. I mean, your parents were in hospitality. Did they encourage you to go and, you know, do the studies and sort of, hey, don't, don't yeah. chase hospital. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. And was it, was it difficult for you to navigate that process to say, hey, well, you know what, mm, I love you, but I don't love electric engineering. I'm going to yeah. go to coffee. So the funny thing is, the, um, look, they've been supportive of my life. And I think they did, they did support me throughout my engineering studies. And when I decided to do that, it was, you know, a bit, they were a little bit sad. Um, about it, um, but luckily they were overseas, so I told them uh, through Skype that I didn't want to be an engineer anymore. Um, so, <laughs> so I told them and I kind of hung up on them just because I was terrified. Um, but over time, they, they kind of accepted it, and then, you know, obviously with the development with the competitions and all that kind of stuff, they kind of see the value in, you know, having that, in being a coffee industry and, you know, being acknowledged for, for your work, and, you know, they kind of realized that I happen to be pretty good at it and so right now we're, we're all we're all happy we're all good so but in the beginning it was it was literally i called the mom and go mom I'm not an engineer anymore hang up and just <laughs> just left it like that for a little while <laughs> yeah so it's fun times yeah like I, yeah i think yeah it's interesting um i think it's a uh, such a deep uh big social um uh, intricate it's uh, a weird topic you know because I think a lot of people they just have this uh, designed life by parents society friends whoever it is um, culture is a big one too depending on which side of the world you're born uh, but then there's a lot of people who just develop a strong hate towards what they're doing or studying that then usually results into a big resentment towards the people that push them in that direction 
Um, and I think it takes big balls uh, to sort of say, well, you know, well, I'd rather be happy than a fat check that I might get in a different profession. And you sort of did that, which is super admirable. Um, yeah, big pay cut, I'll tell you that. That's, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, definitely. And it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's a second generation Australian story. Um, I'm not quite sure if, you're, if your parents, you know, immigrated here or you immigrated yourself to Australia. And kind of like where they want you to be in that kind of position where you're engineering doctors or lawyers or whatever the case may be. Because they, 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 they had to work hard, obviously, in hospitality business, long days, long nights. And then I want you to be in that position where you kind of grow up with it and you kind of love the idea of it and you decided to pursue it. Um, and it's a story that's like, you know, obviously very intricate, as you said, very complicated. Um, but, you know, just for myself, it's I always think about it like if I was in my deathbed, do I want to think of, hey, I did what my parents told me and I wasn't happy while I was doing it and I live a lifestyle that I didn't want to live or I, I took a chance, I took the dive and then I became, I was happy throughout my life and, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, and I think, I'm well, to answer your question, I, I came to Australia nine years ago, so by myself, so obviously my parents still back home. Uh, and uh, you touch base on, you know, being second generation, of course, you know, your, your family, we all respect, you know, they have, they have you know, the struggles, the hardships, the hard work to, to stay here. So they, you know, ultimately they want the best for you. So everybody comes from a good place. Of um, I think, you know, sometimes we feel forced, sometimes we feel guilt in, you know, you feel yeah. guilt, guilt feel, well, yeah. They've done the sacrifices, therefore I should be pursuing to become a lawyer, the doctor, the engineer, you know, the, 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 right. the, the, famous, the famous ones. Um, but like yourself, it gets the right uh, mindset. Given money structure, you know, we're not saying uh, go out there and live under a bridge. Uh, obviously, there's a component yeah. that money has an importance in society. Yeah. Um, and I think the question that the... Amina has just dropped is a perfect question uh, for us to sort of unpack because that what we're trying to do here, I suppose, is hey, if coffee is your passion or whatever passion you got, you can pursue it if that's your call, if that's where the magnet is going towards. And yeah. Amina just asked, I want to become a barista. Where do I start? Both very, good, very good question. I, I, I would suggest that you begin by learning as much as you can about coffee. Um, if that means, you know, reading books, and there's a lot of great books out there. Um, going to cafes, I think it's a fantastic way to learn to begin with. Just learning about, you know, the cafe and how it works and, and ask questions. If you, you, you find a good cafe with good coffee uh, and learn about tasting coffee, what does it taste like, learn about origins. Just get as much knowledge as possible and the great thing about hospitality, I think it's, it's still somewhat meritocracy where you can start from the bottom and move your way up. And when, when people ask me, and I get, I get these questions asked to me all the time, is you, have, you can't be a barista straight away, unfortunately. Um, no, matter, no, no, matter, no matter certificates or, or courses that you do, it's not going to hold candle to the experience that you have. So you go to a cafe, 
like myself, you know, start as a dishwasher, start as a runner or a firehouse. And but the key is you have to tell the tell the owners or your employer that this is what I want. I am striving to become a barista, and if I get the opportunity to uh, be behind the machine or learn from the guys behind, you know, um, behind the machines, I would like that and commit to it. You know, don't just say it and not do it. And you know, and sometimes you do have to be a little bit pushy, but if if you have a good attitude and that is paramount to everything, then you you're way on your way. Um, but you have to do your hard yards first. It's uh, it looks glamorous being a barista, but you have to know. You have to have the experience, your customer service skills, your hospitality skills has to be first and foremost on top of that before you get into the nitty gritty of making coffee and learning about coffee. But if one, and, and I mean, uh, yeah, one, get as much knowledge as possible, books, visit cafes, visit events when, you know, hopefully everything, the pandemic passes by, um, just do as much as you can coffee related and then try to apply for a job where it's just entry level, and then you move on from there and make your um, make your your demands. I guess like to be a barista, known to to the start, and then be a little bit pushy about that. Yeah, yeah, uh, I second that. Uh, if if I can add my two cents, uh, I think the first thing uh, grab a piece of paper and answer the question why why do you want to get into coffee? Uh, why do you want to become a barista? I think that also will start helping to channel uh, your choice. If you know, if it's money, then you know you might you might gonna have to start choosing something else. Um, <laughs> if the answer to why is because I wanna uh, start roasting because I'm passionate, yeah, everything that you said. Uh, obviously, I think there is so much good content out there for free. Uh, YouTube videos, podcasts, uh, people, people literally that you can just reach out on a DM on Instagram. And I think, I think visiting coffee shops is a big one. Just have a, a good point of view so you can see the barista. And, and yeah, uh, like it or not, we got to start from washing dishes and that's just the way it goes. Yeah. That's the same many jobs. Uh, even if you're, you know, studying law and you become a lawyer, you start right from the bottom. Uh, processing and working out the admin stuff. So yeah. it is what it is. Um, and I suppose, so that's where, you know, okay, you, you drop engineering, became a barista full-time within the process. When did you sort of go, fuck it, I'm just going to start competing? And why did you start competing? Yeah, so one of my colleagues um, suggested to me, because at the point I was, um, I was a... Um, I guess an operations manager and a barista at the same time for this little hole in the wall shop and I was kind of talking to her about where can I take this coffee and they told me just compete so I just thought about it and I didn't think too much about it and I just decided to you know what I'm gonna get I'm gonna do a cup takes competition because it's easy um, you know quote unquote <laughs> easy and it's not at all I am I, 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 I am very misinformed in regards to cup tastes. Very, very difficult thing to do. Um, and then I had a chat with a few of my mates, uh, barista mates, and one of them just suggested, hey, why don't you try barista, barista championship? I think, you know, you, you have the skills and the, I guess, the capabilities of doing that. And I was like, yeah, stop it, let's go. 
<laughs> I just I just didn't know any better. I didn't know I didn't know the rules. I didn't know the competition formats. I didn't know anything. It just sounded like that's something that could push me to become a better person. So my intent was how can I be better at my craft, at my job, through the competitions and and from then on it's kind of like you know, kind of snowball from there. Um, I became kind of you know pretty obsessive about it and you know I was lucky enough to to place twice, which is really, really good. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think did you did you sort of enjoy the process as well behind competition? It's something that I always ask people competing because everybody's seemed to enjoy the process of the, the the before the competition, you know, the training part. Also, the process of practicing and and getting getting to that one hundred percent. For one, you get to taste the best coffee in the world, essentially the competition grade coffee. And that's obviously a great one, but but moreover, it's it's you get to kind of look at yourself in a different perspective as a competitor, as a person that's going to be on stage, and you realize you have a lot of flaws in your things, you know, things like your technique, your cleanliness. And I really, a lot of people, and obviously you, you've spoken to incredible baristas and champions uh, all over the world, and I can vouch for them that it is the process that becomes kind of like the most um, the most interesting part. In the end, it becomes sort of like what culminates to this just 15 minutes, but behind it is this, this relentless need to kind of like be good for yourself, I think. Yeah, and look, yeah, uh, Bianca just dropped a question and just to give some context, Bianca is a super young, Barista, roaster, yeah. coffee, true oh. coffee lover from Indonesia. Like just, just all around. Hello, Bianca, are you Indonesian? Yeah, so and uh, there we go. And uh, she's asking. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Indonesian as well, so that's great. <laughs> we, 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 um, we're I'll, linking here. Um, and she's asking, how does it feel to how does it feel to compete? Her her end goal is eventually to start competing when she reach the legal age to compete so yeah of course what's your what's your um, word of advice I, I love competing I, I love being on stage I love, as you can probably tell I really like talking uh, <laughs> so that's an extra I mean if you're if you're very outgoing you're very extroverted and that's a great platform for you to kind of be in the moment on stage and I think you know people as you said I enjoy the process but I enjoy being on the stage just a bit more, just because you get to be in front of people, you get to serve them coffee, and it's kind of like a, a very, like a very surreal feeling where everything just kind of slows down, and and that. But that's the kind of person I am, and I, I know a lot of other people who are not really, um, they get stage fright or they, they're not too comfortable being on stage. That could be a different experience for them as well. But for me, competing is is what I look forward to. Uh, I love doing it. I love preparing for it. Um, yeah, and, and it's kind of like you become addicted to it, and especially when you win, because that's definitely yeah, definitely an extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 how important is to be supported by sponsor or uh, coffee roasters that want to work with you, collaborators, etc. Because obviously, it's especially the barista comp. It's uh, there's a, there's also a 
sort of financial element to of it. Of course. Yeah. So on, on the financial side, absolutely. Um, Barista Championship is not, um, it's not a cheap endeavor. It's not a low finance endeavor. But you can get away with it if you, know, you, don't, have, you don't have to have a sponsor or anything. Agnieszka, Aga, the world champion two years ago, she's completely independent. And she reached those heights pretty much by herself. And so it's just proof that you can get there without the help. But any help that you can get, absolutely. If you can get a great support network, coaches and people who's done it before, um, you know, if you have a, you know, a place where you can get like the sponsor machine, the sponsor grinders, that definitely helps, especially in your technique, because it's very specific to that machine. And if you can just shave a bit, a couple of seconds, just being just a bit more efficient, a bit better, a bit tighter, it will definitely help. Uh, but that's not, that's less, 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 than, less of a rule than, than an exception, I guess. You know, as, as I said before, Agnieszka um, Rodziska, she won the championship just being independent. And, um, but again, it's, it's not a cheap, you know, endeavor going, buying green coffee, getting that roaster. So if you do have those people on your back, you know, appreciate them and, and obviously do it, do it. All you can do as a competitor is do the best that you can. Thanks, man, and uh, appreciate the the answer and the input. Um, and sort of um, just to sort of give context, because I think I think we we skipped this detail um, earlier on. I think um, we were talking about the passion for your passion for you follow your path. In terms of career, what are you currently doing? What's your position? What's the company you're working for? And what's your day to day? Does it look like? Um, so I am currently the wholesale manager and trainer for a uh, local roasting company called Micrology Coffee Roasters. Um, and my, to put it simply, my job is simply I sit in cafes and drink coffee and tell them whether it's good or not. So it's a pretty good job. I'm not going to complain. Um, but moreover, it's, it's just making sure that our wholesale customers are taken care of. Um, I'll come in every couple of weeks, just do their numbers, their TDS, their extraction yield water quality and all that kind of stuff just to make sure that they don't have to worry too much about it because what we find is it's much it's much easier if there's someone that's responsible for that instead of them scrambling around trying to figure it out themselves it's much easier than uh, that we we come in and we just you know talk have a chat about it that experience versus or not experience versus kind of like level up from there um yeah so it's it's, it's a great job i mean what one more do you want man like i wake up it's Monday, Friday, nine to five. Drive off, get a cup of coffee, and enjoy my day. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the, the reason for the question is because I knew the answer, and the answer is heavily linked with the fact that I think that once you find coffee is what you want to do, there is at least a hundred combination to it. You know, you can compete. You can become a photographer, blogger. You yeah. can work for a coffee roast. You can roast if you're more, or you can be extroverted, but you know, if you're super introverted, like you can, you know, stay in front of a roaster all day. If you're yeah. more extroverted, yeah. you can become a trainer, account manager, or you can just, you know, become a cafe owner or, you know, like there's yeah. so many different options. And I think it's good to sort of uh, allow people to see that in real life, how you are a coffee professional. Yeah. Um, obviously you're a trainer now. So it's uh it's um it's good and sort of reconnected with the Amina's first question. Being a barista is not a stroll in the park. 
you know, mentally, physically. Um, and, you know, you, from my understanding, you got a young family. How do you manage the balance between work and family? Yeah, so this is what I really, really advocate for in terms of being a barista or being a competitor in the coffee industries is you need to find that time to take care of yourself. Um, you know, you have to exercise regularly. I, I try to exercise regularly, eat as healthy as I can. Because, you know, being, again, as you said, being a barista is not a walk in the park. It's not easy at all. Early mornings, especially in Australia, um, you know, wake up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. And that's hard enough as it is, but being, just being, you know, lively and just being that person in the morning that people can come to and they with a smile on your face at 6 o'clock, it's sometimes it's harder than, than it seems, right? Um, yeah. And I advocate for you have to be able to get that time for yourself, um, you know, time for your family, time for yourself, and time at work quite distinctly so you, you're able to just take care of that part of it. So I have my family time, I have my, my own little exercise time and, you know, relaxing time, and I also have my work time, which I focus on, especially being a barista, you know, early mornings and you finish quite late, two, three o'clock, four o'clock or whatever, take that extra hour or so, just, just kind of regroup yourself. You know, I, I, I like to meditate, I like to, I like to exercise and doing all that really helps you to kind of hone in on it, especially in competition seasons as well. Um, I, I see a lot of, I hear a lot of stories about competitors just going really, really hard, going balls to the walls, practicing nonstop, day in, day out. And I, I, I did that. So, the, so I've competed for three years in total. Um, the second time I did exactly that. I would go to work at six o'clock, finish at two, practice till 10, 11 o'clock, nonstop, five, six days out of the week. And when I, when I did that, I, I, I won my first Western Region uh, Championship. I just remembered, <laughs> this is gonna sound really weird, but I, I, when I, once I won that, I cried in the bathroom. And it's just because all of this stress and, and just emotions just come flooding out. Mm. I just didn't think that that's how you're supposed to feel when you win something, right? I, I just didn't feel right in terms of that. So the year after, I, I try to change this uh, habit that I always go balls to the wall. Um, I read a book called Deep Work and where you just spend two hours, turn off your phone, turn everything, practice, don't do anything else, and then don't think about it. So those two hours are your focus time where you just practice what you need to practice and have a schedule for it. And outside of that, you, you need to give yourself time to exercise, you know, spend time with your family and, and all that stuff because at the end of the day, coffee competitions, coffee in general is supposed to be fun. And if you don't find fun and joy out of competing, then what are you doing? I didn't, I didn't quit. I didn't quit my office work to be stressed out even more, you know, and, and, and I just find that that's a much more, sustainable way of competing and sustainable way of living in general really yeah uh, thank you and thank you for sharing that i think it reminded me a little bit about uh, the last dance when michael jordan the year that he lost his father 
at the end of it, when they won the finals, he just started crying. Started crying, yeah. Uh, which, which is good, which is sort of, it's good, but it's bad. <laughs> like, like, it's good because yeah. it's, it's bad in the sense of you can become quite unhealthy if you just don't take care of yourself. Yeah. It's like, I think we tend to be overly hard on ourselves. So sometimes we feel guilty. We feel like, oh, I procrastinated, I wasted time. But the way, I, the way usually a phrase around it as well, have you done one push-up? Yes, I have. Well, that's okay because at the end of the year, it's 365 push-ups. Definitely. And you haven't yes. done at the end of the year. Uh, but try to make 150 push-ups in one sitting. Uh, you're not going to be able to do push-ups for the whole week afterwards because you're going to yeah. So I think there's a fine line. At the same time, look, uh, I'm reading a book called Outliers. I'm not a big reader, but I'm reading it. And um, there's a conversation around... Uh, there's a direct connection between how many hours you practice, and they say that to master something, you need to do it for yeah. 10,000 hours. Hour rule. I love that book. Yep. And, uh, and the second part, which is the, the more psychological and analytical, is also related to what year, what day, what month, and what environment you're born in. Like, there's so yeah. much, you know, they're uh, literally describing how, you know, it's generational. Uh, it's actually more beneficial if you're born in a time in history where there's less people born in, uh, brought to life uh, in a crisis moment because then your competition is lower. And anyway, it gets quite in-depth, and uh, I feel that uh, we could go in hard for, for at least hours on this topic. But So obviously there's all elements to attach, but I think not burning out is yeah. the main message here. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's interesting you said that. I, I just feel that um, I was born early January. So it's kind of like, I feel like I do have like the extra few months of my life where like everyone is reaching that point, I guess, like in terms of age. And I don't think that's a, that's a really good metric to think about it. But it's just that extra few months where, you know, if you're being productive, then hey, you you got to do well. Um, it's Sorry for it, Karen. It's funny that you mentioned you're born in January because that's how the book starts. Uh, they basically analyze, and it's actually very well written. It's not. It sounds very technical, but I'm just cutting it down to chase. Yep. Uh, they've done a study on uh, hockey players in Canada. Hockey obviously is massive, and they've pulled out when we're the top players of the high school ranking, and. Basically, the top players were all born in the first months of the year because, and then they correlated why? Because in order to enroll to hockey, like the season starts the first or second week of January. So the people who can get in earlier, they're getting a lot much more hours uh, than others. Anyway, very, very interesting around the fact that. But that's for Canada. Then you know, in Europe, maybe the season starts in September. So it's 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 anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> lost a bit of track. Um, that's very cool. I, mean, is, man, I, I love talking about sports, man. Are you are you an NBA fan? Um, I used to I used to follow NBA when Steve Nash was a Phoenix Suns. Um, wow, just, long time ago. Yeah, I, I was obsessed with Steve Nash. Such a, a cool player. But for me, football, I mean, soccer is the, soccer is the bread and butter. Um, 
that I'm going to wake up at three o'clock in the morning Sunday. So, and I think, well, I think, you know what, having a side passion, it's also good. Like professionally speaking, it's okay. I think we feel guilty about, you know, following football and quote unquote wasting hours on watching yeah. highlights and whatnot. But anyway, are you a fan of NBA, obviously? I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of NBA. Yeah. I mean, this finals just finished and, you know, and, Lakers won as 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 um as they uh, as they should because they got the two best players in the world, um, but yeah, I, I always think of my competition journey. I always parallel it with with basketball and kind of like the, the story. As you said, Michael Jordan was crying out his father died. It's just all those emotions, and you're right. That's, I felt that as well. I mean, not as dramatic as his father passing away or anything. It's just those emotional feelings that you have inside you kind of get up first once you reach what you you set your goal to be um and kind of like looking at it in a way that it's it is still a competition even though it's not a team competition it's it's your your own um how do you conduct yourself in terms of your practice in terms of your in terms of your discipline which is very important um to stick to the schedule and you know uh, and just paralleling yourself to kind of like the, the stories that you hear about the NBA players really, really helps me with, um, with preparing for competitions as well. That's yeah, that makes a whole bunch of sense. And um, I, I just um, appreciate you sharing that. I think it's uh, it's super relevant for people who will listen to this uh, in the podcast. And we just hit the halfway mark, and I think this is going to be the perfect question because. Uh, I've asked this question as a ritual question, the out of box question I ask everyone on the show. Um, if you could, Ziggy, who would you like to have dinner with? And given the fact that you're a big NBA player, uh, NBA fan, I'm really keen to hear who would you like to go have dinner with? Uh, I would love to go to dinner with... Good, very good question. I've never really thought about this. Um, Good. LeBron James comes to mind. I think it's his, his, what he's doing on and off the court is very important for what's going on in 2020 um, and just kind of understanding how, how he works and the work ethic that he has. Um, it's very, it's very interesting. I'm very interested in how he conducts himself. He's, he's one of the legends, right? I'm, I think he's equivalent to like a, a Messi in football tournament. It's like it's been there for so long and in general athletes just you know they die they kind of like dip after they hit their 30s or mid 30s and the, the guy is 37 and is still the best player in the world and how do you be like that and how do you how do you remain on top like that without you know burning out and just fizzling in, in into the air <laughs> because it's incredible what he's doing incredible what messi is doing and and, and it's it's something that I would like to just like pick his brain and you know learn a bit more about that for sure. Yeah, but in terms of coffee, I really would like to have dinner with James Hoffman. I think Fair. he is. I think he is fantastic. I'm a big fan of his um, his YouTube channel and the way he he elaborate and the way he he talks about coffee is fantastic. And I just really would like to know a bit more about you know him and how he approached coffee and competition as well, yeah. Yeah, I, I've met him once, and um, here in Melbourne, and uh, I, I just love his take on him being a YouTuber. Um, 
I, you know, he was like to me, it's like, you know, I just don't get it. You know, it's like everybody could do it. And yet I'm sort of like, he didn't say I'm the only one, but he was saying how he's so grateful about it. And uh, yeah, very, very interesting. We had a whole conversation around that. Uh, going back on the age factor, um, how much do you think that we're conditioned by the number um, in general in life? But even when it comes to sport, because I've recently seen a post uh, on a story from Jared Truby, who was sharing another post saying how, you know, um, nowadays, you know, you hear the, the journalist saying, oh, you know, he's 32, he's so old. And I'm thinking, not really. I think 30s, 40s is super young. Like, like, like I, I, I think we're so conditioned uh, when it comes to uh, – the number and i think yeah. biologically speaking we all evolve and develop at different ages uh you know some people i mean i got still people so i'm still a teenager in my head you know what i'm saying that i'm 30 so i'm thinking hey i'm breaking out at 30 fuck yeah i'm still a teenager <laughs> like, like like but but if instead i have to listen to the conditioning around me it's like hey you're 30 you should be i don't get any of this by the way but you know uh, how's kids family marriage like there's so much around it and as well as career but i don't think there is let's bring it back to coffee i don't think there is a too late or too soon or too early a right or wrong time to start in coffee obviously you're gonna have certain limits uh but i remember a good friend of mine and uh, he started a coffee shop with a coffee roaster in his 50s all the way in netherlands but nothing wrong with that, you know, like and now we have in the chat Bianca who started into coffee at the age of 15, 16. Like, that's super amazing. So how much do you think that we're conditioned? Because we were talking about LeBron James, but I'm thinking 37, he's a baby. It's a beast. Um, yeah, I, I don't think age should be, especially in coffee anyway, I don't think age should be a, a factor in anything, really. Um, as I said, hospitality is probably one of the only ones that still values hard work and meritocracy. Um, you, if you put in the work, you'll, you'll, get, you'll go to places, yeah, for sure, especially in the coffee side of things. And, you know, Sassacestic, he was competing for a decade or more before he even got to that point, he became a world champion, right? And he was, I think, in his late 30s when he, he finally won the world championship um, five years ago. And so that's if, if that's if we talk about competing, it's just proof of like, don't there is no such thing as you're too old or as, as Amina um, has, has said is uh, or has has you know has done is she's 15 and she's very passionate and she wants to get into that career uh, in coffee. There, there there isn't there isn't a limit on when you can do. And she's you, you're made incredible in his 50s opening his first coffee shop. Um, you know, take, knowing all the stuff that's happening, it's it's just incredible, and I truly believe that is there isn't there isn't an age limit on what what you need to do or what you want to do in coffee, and it's just it's fantastic. Yeah, I think just touching base on that, I think going back on burning out, I think that the number it's relevant in certain dimensions and certain elements. I get it. I'm not naive. You know, is <laughs> you know if you only have kids. There's a certain limit um, yeah. that apply, but I think going back on the sportsman, if they're really not taking care of their mind and body, 
and they keep pushing too hard, of course, at the age of 30, they're going to feel like their body's a, like an old man. And I think because it's such a condition, you know, like, oh, no, look, your golden years are going to be when you're 20 to 26, and then it's downhill. But then we look at Messi, we look at Ronaldo and LeBron James, and I think, I think the technology and the science and the medicine got them to a space where, hang on a minute, if I do this and that, I'm actually still feeling good. Anyway, I think it's very interesting. But uh, speaking of James Hoffman, uh, good friend, Andre, hey, super incredible guy. Just say, I just spent two days with him in Italy. I'm assuming with Victoria Arduino, the launch of the Eagle One. Yeah. He was very humble and extremely kind. Super James. So, yeah. yeah Thanks, super James, isn't it? Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I would love to, to sit down with him one day. That'll be a dream come true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting. Uh, um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking about James Hoffman. And, yeah, uh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll get him here, I'm sure. Okay, good. Um, I'll take note of that. I want to see you here when he's here. Um, okay, so from, correct me if I'm wrong, but you recently became uh, a parent yourself. Yeah. Um, what... How did that change and how do you manage this? Um, you know, because obviously there is, that's a whole new full-time <laughs> commitment. I don't want to call it a job. Obviously, it's a big commitment. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, been, it's been challenging, um, especially, you know, having a, uh, having a child during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I do not suggest people do that. Uh, it's, not, it's, not very, <laughs> it's, not, it's not very good. Um, and... But it, it changes you in the way that you, you, you started to, uh, before it's all, all about you, you and you, and you know, how, what goals one want to achieve and uh, what, what I want to get in my life kind of thing. And it changes you in a way that it's, it's you and your family. Now. And everything that you do, every decision that you make has to have them in that equation. You can't just be like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go to this expo uh, wherever for like two weeks and then leave and you have to think about what's going to happen on that side so it does make it does make it a somewhat a bit more challenging a little more complicated but the reward of it is absolutely worth it um i love i love i love being a father and it's the most rewarding thing when you wake up in the morning and see a daughter smiling at you and and it's beautiful but in terms of going to uh, with work and I was lucky enough to to be in this position where I, I was quite flexible and I was allowed to kind of like navigate my way um, sorry <laughs> I'm just in the, I'm into the headquarter right now um, navigate my way to um, to fatherhood alongside with work as well and I'm very aware that a lot of you know hospitality workers do not have that privilege to do so um, but again, I'm very grateful for, you know, the company Micrology to kind of be like, we get it, we get it. It's, it's, it's a pandemic and you have a child and we, we will support you as much as I can, uh, as we can. And so far it's been, it's been really great, man. Yeah. I got to ask one question. This is super selfish. It's a question I ask every new father. Yeah. <laughs> I love this question. I don't know why. Um, I'm not a father yet. Um, but the one thing that I keep thinking is, 
how slow do you drive from the hospital to back home for that very first drive? Very slow. Very. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if you're um, if you if, if you ever hold um, had a newborn baby before there, but this baby. My brother, baby, yeah, my brother, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. So, um, and then, but no baby chairs are made for newborns, so they. They put it in there and they kind of just like a little bean in there you're locking it in and they just move around they don't have a neck control and moving around and you, you drive very slow and the hospital that we um we stayed at had a lot of speed bumps and that made me very very anxious <laughs> and yeah so very slow uh, take your time you know just people just honk at you it's like who cares just just have someone to get home safe <laughs> Uh, sorry, yeah, it's a, it's a question I love to ask, and it's because it's something that I've actually thought about it. <laughs> um, all right, um, let's take it back home, um, back into coffee. I think we covered a lot of things. Um, we got plenty of time, but not too much in yes. the sense of I'm going to ask you some big questions, um, so then we can talk about different other topics towards the end. Ultimately, Ziggy, what's your coffee mission? And what's next for you on your planet? I think about this a lot. Um, my mission is, to put it simply, I want to serve and help people through coffee. And that's what I want to do. And I think the most important part is for my customers or customers of coffee, coffee drinkers to understand how difficult it is to grow coffee. And it's insane. But we just, you know, we just sip it and we drink it like every morning. Like it's, it's this thing that, that will never go away. Um, and my, the way I'm looking at it is, obviously the goal is world championship. That would be fantastic. That would be really, really good to become a world champion. Uh, but with that, I really would like to educate future coffee professionals with the right knowledge and the right attitude going into the profession, like people like Amina, you know, and, and to going into the industry, not thinking that this is just a job that, you know, gets me money, a part-time job, but it's something that, something you can hone and become really, really good at in order for them to understand the knowledge behind the coffee supply chain so they can transfer it to the customers. Because as baristas, we are the last, the, the front line between, with the conduit between the customer and the coffee supply chain. We're only responsible for what, 10 minutes of that supposedly 1,000 hours growing coffee throughout. And you need to condense that knowledge into this really, really short amount of time to, pe to make people understand what the value of coffee is. And I think a really, really efficient way to do it is we're able to teach and educate young professionals in the future generations of coffee makers to really get it and really value coffee like it's supposed to be. So that's pretty much my mission and you know to help people kind of get over that hump. Um, I see it, I'm not sure what's happening in Melbourne but there's a lot of enthusiastic young people who really want to get into coffee but the barrier of entry is extremely high. You know, the old adage, you need to experience to get a job, but you need a job to get experience. And they're in that, they're in that conundrum. Uh, and I really would like to do something, I haven't quite figured it out yet, to get them their right knowledge, their right attitude, so they can actually be 
in that position where they can make coffee and learn a bit more and be that ambassador for the coffee industry. Yeah, I think I think that's the one million dollar question. Well, first, thank you for sharing that. It was beautiful um, and uh, very insightful. I think in terms of that barrier, it really there is so there are so many variables um, because you know uh, if you're well, first geographical, but not just Perth, Melbourne, also uh, Melbourne uh, uh, CBD versus hey Geelong or rural areas, or regional uh, touristy area, uh, and then again that equation doesn't quite work out because that into consideration COVID. So, for instance, a regional area uh, where there's a lot of tourists, that's usually good if you're willing to go there because. They're gonna take take you under the wing, and usually there's a higher rate of demand for for workers. Uh, now with COVID, those touristy areas are either shut or very low. Um, so I think yeah, there's this yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of task. I think I think the answer, sadly or not sadly, will have to be virtual um, in the sense of whether is and I'm not even joking here whether it's gonna be a uh, 3D uh, virtual reality experience where literally oh, you can uh, you can literally bang out uh, like a three-hour shift as a barista. So then, when you do go for a trial, you actually remember uh, the you know the the the, the movements. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next 10, 15 years we're going to see actual people go for the job interview. They might turn around and say, "Well, plug in your." cheap your phone whatever device is going to be and show us what you do in a virtual reality setting um and a lot of people think oh yeah fuck yeah right i'm like well look at us we're talking live a three hour difference or whatever it is you're all the way in perth i can see you you can see me and there's people in with us um just go back 10 years ago forget about it uh, <laughs> like like <laughs> And people don't know that Australia network is not that fast. I mean, this could be so much cleaner if we were both in Estonia, right? Like, yeah. like, like it, it, it's it's incredible. So I think it's not actually going to be unreal. So I think virtual is where we're going to see a lot of development. So I'm not very My partner's from Estonia, and she has not stopped whinging about how slow the internet is in Australia because I went there a couple of years ago for Christmas and. Wow, it's everything is just a snap and it's fantastic. It's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, 100%. And I think, like, with the technology being better and better, augmented reality and your virtual realities, I think it will be a much more um, virtual, digital kind of like environment where we can train people and we can, we can get, obviously, with a trial, as you said before. Um, and and it's, it will become a much digital kind of way of looking at things and and I, myself i think from for me i kind of i'm kind of old school where i, I long for the interaction face-to-face -face interaction with people and you know being able to smile and like having that coffee and stuff like that but you know with, with the whole pandemic thing i think that's that pathway is definitely something that we need to seriously consider in order for us to reach whatever you know in, in terms of coffee future in terms of education or training or whatever it's something that you we need to seriously look at um 
but again, I'm, I'm from, I've been doing this for a long time and I just remember how, how nice it is to kind of like, you know, hand, handing a cup of coffee to your customer. Absolutely. I, 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 look, I'm, I'm a big sucker for people. Like I started a podcast mostly because I was stuck in lockdown. I was like, fuck man, I need, I need, I need talking. I'm going crazy here. Um, so I, I get it. I, I think, I think uh, it's actually very interesting. This whole virtual reality thing because got me in my brain thinking, I mean, I don't think it's far at all. I mean, we went from, think about it, we went from uh, tutorial books, hey, read this, to hey, watch these videos. And those videos just increased their quality exponentially. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, even, even you and I, a professional, where people ask us, how do I do a tool? I'd be like, man, just YouTube it. Just watch hours of YouTube and you'll get it. Yep. And I think that eventually, there might be certain professions where they're going to be some literally cheap or free game version or imagine training right during a pandemic where you know you are limited for yourself and you can train a hundred people a hundred customers a hundred uh, wholesale customers all on the same platform because you can actually see what they're doing in this augmented uh, virtual reality i mean yeah that's pretty it's scary but look with it's like with every piece of technology, people whinge about it. Oh, kids on their phones, da da da. I'm thinking, okay, how many people who complain are gonna go back to handwritten letters sent with a pigeon? Zero. Yeah. They're still Telegram. sending emails. Um, you know, uh, what about the people who were stuck seven hours next to the radio back in the days where there's no television? Same, same. It's just changed the form, the color, what you can do with the device. It's just device time, whether it's radio, TV, or in this case, a smartphone. Anyway, um, we got five minutes left, and we yeah. start talking about virtual reality training. Uh, I think that was, that was pretty cool, actually. Uh, Ziggy, uh, thank you so much. It was super, super nice, super flowy uh, to talk to you. I think that you and I could really very easily sit down at a cafe and keep this chat for another couple of hours. I, I can feel it. I can vibe it. Um, but thanks for giving us an hour of your time. Again, newly father, working in coffee, and I really appreciate it. Lots of gratitude, and uh, maybe we could do, you know, talking about teaching, you know what? Pick a topic that you want to teach people, and we're going to do a live. Um, if, if it's still time... I can do it too, and I'll follow your steps. If it's espresso, you gotta send me an espresso machine, or Andre can hook me <laughs> yeah, up with that. With Andre, Andre, you can hook me up with that ego prima or something. That I don't know. <laughs> Mate, look, I'm, I'm, thank you so much for having me, man. Like, I mean, I've, I've seen what, what the other podcasters um, are doing, and I think you're doing a fantastic job. And people, your guests are just, you know, world renowned, world class. And, I'm just very happy to be, you know, just, just be amongst it. And I really do appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, I mean, like, in, in, in the future, I really, I really am working hard to kind of, like, trying to achieve that goal to, to better education for coffee and, and just making people understand in a way that it's not too difficult for them to, to understand. It's, if you can teach it very simply, why not? And it's something that's, that's a difficult part, right, making this very complex thing like the coffee supply chain into something that's easy, easily digestible and people can just appreciate and understand it more. Um, 
and that's something the part that we need to move forward. And you know, might get them a VR goggles and and get them to augment a reality, and that'd be pretty fantastic. <laughs> I I, I'm telling you, I, don't know, I, I can't even believe that it took me 91 episodes to say this. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you helped me to get there because like, how how can we teach better? I'm like, fuck, virtual reality. Anyway, I don't even have a PlayStation. I don't even have a TV. But yeah, I mean, I mean, think about virtual airplane uh, simulation, flight simulator, like the video yeah. games where you literally play for seven hours if you got to fly for seven hours. I mean, yeah, interesting. Um, anyway, again, thank you so much. Enjoy your the rest of your afternoon in Perth. Uh, a real pleasure. And we can do this uh, a, a second edition and maybe do a little tutorial or something live with everyone uh, joining in or maybe a private uh, Zoom or Google Meetup or something. Absolutely. You know what? You throw me the idea, we'll make it happen, man. Definitely, my man. Thank you so much for having me. It's been absolutely thank you. fantastic. Thanks, guys. My pleasure, brother. My pleasure. Ciao. 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 You have it, guys. Um, another beautiful person, coffee person, coffee human uh, that we just had a chance and honor to chat with. Again, Ziggy from WA, Western Australia. Um, episode 91 uh, it's, uh, it's been a ride it just feels fresh every time it doesn't feel like episode 91 it feels like episode number 1, 2 maybe because the first one I didn't know what I was doing um, and I really appreciate it so thank you so much for everyone dropping comments uh, thank you so much for everyone being here uh, this wouldn't be possible without you uh, so I really appreciate each and one of you. I know it's an hour and I know that you all have commitments and yet a whole bunch of you, hundreds and hundreds of you tune in every single time for 10 minutes, for 5, for 40, for 45, for a full hour. And if you listen to this as a podcast and you made it to the end, thank you. I really appreciate it. We're trying to grow the podcast side of things because not everyone can join us live and recording this is just like there forever uh, for many years ahead to come so thank you all um before i give a shout out for the people who are still in the room big big reminder six days left for the craziest coffee giveaway that we've ever done i don't think that's never been done before uh head over to our page to celebrate the 90th episode we collaborated with 90 plus coffee and they are so generous to give away to three winners. They are incredibly good tasting, high quality coffee from Panama. So just check out that post. If you haven't entered the giveaway, you gotta do it. You can't miss it. Um, if you're listening to this to the podcast, it's probably too late by the time I upload it, but that's okay. And fun, final step. Big shout out to you, Andre, Bianca, Tanti, Yuki, Andre, Leo, Maureen, and Leo. Uh, you're still in the house. Thank you for sticking around for the full hour. I appreciate you and uh, I hope you're well. Hope you're safe. Take good care of you, your health, your mind, your heart, your body, and your family and the people who love you. And just keep, keep it coming. Keep it. Keep it real and uh, we'll see you Friday. One more episode. We're approaching episode number 100.
you don't know what's going to count for episode 100. Or maybe you do. Uh, watch out. Take it easy. Ciao.